Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Welcome onto Gadigal Country. I'm here to see love, unity, respect, all of those things. Hopefully plenty of people, lots of happy people, yeah. maybe a booby or two, you know. The Department of Defence believes in creating the most inclusive and diverse workforce that we can. You can't be what you can't see. The First Nations float is, in my opinion, of course, the most important float. I think the message is to acknowledge inclusivity and difference. Happy World Pride out Australia. Happy Pride! Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Panama's top court rejects marriage equality, trans kids attacked in two U.S. states and one band's drag, and Mardi Gras and World Pride Parade in Sydney. Those stories and more this week now that you've found This Way Out. I'm Michael LeBeau. And I'm Ava Davis. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending March 4th, 2023. The judges of the Supreme Court of Panama are thumbing their collective noses at the Inter-American Court of Human Rights to rule against marriage equality. All 20 nations in Central and South America were ordered to open the civil institution to same-gender couples in 2017 under the regional court's decision. However, a February 16th ruling announced on March 1st by Panama's High Court cited the family code that defines marriage as between a man and a woman and a 2015 law prohibiting marriage between individuals of the same sex. Panama's neighbors, Costa Rica and Colombia, enacted marriage equality even before the regional court's order, but the high court judges remained unfazed. Their press release insisted that the court does not have the power to change civil marriage laws. In their words, their decision was objectively and reasonably justified in the general interest of giving precedence to those unions with the potential of establishing families, giving continuity to the human race and therefore to society. They clearly ignored the reality of families with children headed by same-gender couples. At least five queer couples have filed lawsuits since 2016 demanding the recognition of their marriage in Panama. Ivan Shanis Barona is the president of Fundacion Igualas, a Panamanian queer advocacy group. He called the ruling cowardly and told the Spanish-language news agency EFE that it has distanced the country from the international community and its commitments in the area of human rights. Barahona says that his organization has yet to develop a post-ruling strategy, but told the Washington Blade that Panama has violated international law, violated international human rights law, and violated the inter-American system ruling. Denying civil marriage to gay and lesbian couples is not unjust discrimination by the state, according to Japan's Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida. The backlash from equality activists was immediate. Kishida tried to calm their outrage this week by saying that rejecting marriage equality is not unconstitutional, claiming that he has no personal bias against it. Kishida was forced to fire a member of his cabinet in February after the official made inflammatory anti-queer remarks. The PM then held a meeting with LGBTQ advocacy groups. 
He then appointed a special aid for LGBTQ-related issues and called for legislation to promote understanding, although he offered no specifics. Civil partner registrations in a number of municipal and regional jurisdictions have granted same-gender couples a few symbolic rights. The country's social conservatism has still kept many LGBTQ people in the closet, however. The government's anti-equality animosity has reportedly contributed to electoral animosity, with younger voters in particular calling on their country to join the rest of the world's major democracies by opening civil marriage to same-gender couples. Recent polls show Kashida's popularity precipitously plunging from 60% to 30% during just the past 12 months. His liberal Democratic Party-led administration remains unmoved. It consistently quashes any legislative marriage equality efforts at the federal level and fights against it in Japan's courts. Two courageous students at China's prestigious Tsinghua University are refusing to take their formal disciplinary warnings lying down. They're filing a lawsuit demanding that the Ministry of Education review their school student affairs office's action against them for distributing rainbow flags on campus ahead of Pride Month last year. The ministry rejected their application for an administrative review in February. Going only by the name Wang, one of the two women plaintiffs says they're a bit pessimistic about getting a win. She told the South China Morning Post, the lawsuit still has its significance in raising public awareness. Of course, the government wants to prevent that, so information about the lawsuit online has been suppressed. Yanze Peng of LGBT Rights Advocacy China told the Morning Post that the university's penalty reflected a politicized misunderstanding and handling of the situation. In his words, gender diversity in education and the right of sexual minority students to a dignified education on campus should be the responsibility of the schools and the education system. Pro-queer activism on school campuses is banned by the Chinese government which has been aggressive in its efforts to eliminate any positive portrayals of LGBTQ people in the media. Darius Longarino is a senior fellow at Yale Law School's Paul Tsai China Center. He lauded the students for their bravery, saying, In the past two years or so, space for LGBTQ expression and advocacy have drastically declined. This has also affected court cases, some of which have encountered lengthy unexplained delays. Young people's gender-affirming care has been officially banned in two more U.S. states. Republican Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signed legislation on February 28th that forbids doctors from offering puberty blockers, hormone therapy, or any other affirming care for transgender people under the age of 18. Their parents are banned from acting in support of their children's gender identities. Offending physicians can have their medical licenses revoked and can also be sued for violating the laws. The American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and virtually every professional health care organization in the United States supports gender-affirming care for trans youth. The American Civil Liberties Union and the ACLU of Mississippi issued a statement together calling the legislation a devastating development for transgender youth in Mississippi and heartbreaking for all of us who love and support them. This care is already difficult to access across the state for transgender people of any age, but this law shuts the door on best practice medical care and puts politics between parents, their children, and their doctors. Days later, Tennessee's Republican governor, Bill Lee, signed similar legislation. 
His Republican-dominated legislature voted on March 2nd to make ongoing gender-affirming care for minors illegal as of the end of March 2024. Federal courts have already enjoined enactment of laws banning gender-affirming care for transgender youth in Alabama and Arkansas. Civil rights and queer legal advocacy groups have signaled that they'll be challenging the recently enacted laws in Mississippi and Tennessee as well. Republicans in Utah and South Dakota have also passed similar bans. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee also signed the nation's first ban on drag shows as adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors. This despite a photo surfacing earlier in the week of a young Bill Lee himself in drag. That law is scheduled to take effect on April Fool's Day, which could be considered appropriate. Finally, there's no drag ban in Wheeling, West Virginia, yet, but the Primanti Brothers Restaurant and Bar won't be able to prove its theory that a little glitter never hurt anyone. Threats against both performers and patrons caused them to cancel their drag brunch in mid-February. They were just two tables away from being sold out, according to the promoter's Facebook post. They wrote, In the near future, we can try to bring another brunch to the area. Local mixed martial arts manager Johnny Hot is offering the eatery some muscular support. He responded on Facebook, We hate bullies around here. He volunteered himself and some of his fighters to work as security. Hot wrote, Let these hateful loudmouths know that they are not the majority and we won't be silent about the hate anymore. Plus, drag shows are some of the most fun shows ever. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending March 4th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Amy Davis. Stay healthy. And I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay safe. Hello, I'm Armistead Maupin, author of Tales of the City, and you are listening to This Way Out. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. Hello, I'm Clover Moore, the Lord Mayor of Sydney. And I'm very pleased to welcome you to This Way Out the weekly LGBTIQ plus radio magazine for all our genders and sexually diverse communities around the world and those who love them. Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. The whole world was welcome to Sydney, Australia for the first World Pride celebration in the Southern Hemisphere and the 45th Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. It began as the land down under Stonewall. Police descended on a modest crowd of daring queer protesters who gathered for a festival on Oxford Street in 1978 when homosexuality was still illegal. 45 years later, Sydney's gay and lesbian Mardi Gras is now a 17-day marathon featuring hundreds of events. 
The famed parade returned to Oxford Street on February 25th to celebrate World Pride 2023. This Way Out correspondent Barry McKay dived into the throng for an on-the-scene adventure after receiving a proper traditional greeting via the Australian Broadcasting Company. As a Gadigal community elder, it is my role to welcome you all onto Gadigal country. My name is Nana Miss Clary, Redfern's very own First Nations drag queen. I pay my respect to our pioneers, people that have paved the way for me. First Nations people are not just the oldest living culture in Australia. We are the oldest continuous living culture in the world. Hello, my name is Franz. I'm from the Netherlands, and I came all the way to Australia to enjoy World Pride. Have you been having a good time here in Sydney? I'm having a fabulous time. Happy Mardi Gras. What's your impressions of Sydney? Sydney is the most beautiful Sydney in the world. The most beautiful what city in the world. What is it that makes Sydney so good? The f***ing harbour. Yeah. The bridge, the opera house, the yeah. people. Yeah. Oxford Street is beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to be. Okay. Everyone is happy. Everyone loves each other. Okay, okay thank you, Franz. You're welcome, Dalek. Hallo lieve vrienden en vriendinnen. Happy World Pride uit Australië. En hopelijk kunnen jullie allemaal hier even langskomen in Australië. Doei, tot ziens. Happy Pride! The 2023 World Pride Parade in Sydney took place this year on the 25th of February with a record number of 208 floats. Australia's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese of the Australian Labor Party was the first Prime Minister in office to actually march in the parade. It's unfortunate that I am the first, but people want to see that their government is inclusive and represents everyone no matter who they love, no matter what their identity, no matter where they live. We need to be a country that respects everyone for who they are. I caught up with a number of onlookers along the parade route before the parade began and then spoke to members of three of the floats taking part in the parade. So what's your name? Name's Eric Smith from the USA. Where are you from in the US? Seattle, Washington. And are you having a good time here in Sydney? Amazing time here in Sydney for Mardi Gras and World Pride. Couldn't be happier to be here. What are you hoping to see today for the uh, World Pride Parade? Oh, I'm here to see love, unity, respect, all of those things. That's what I'm mostly here for seeing. Hello. Where are you from? Singapore. What are you expecting to see today? My partner is deaf and it's very visual for him, so yes. he, I'm going to show him the floats and everything else. It's because it's World Pride, because we took part in the 2017 Madrid World Pride before. Yeah. And World Pride is very different from regular Pride. Hello. Hello. Are you here for Mardi Gras? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting to see today? Um, hopefully plenty of people, lots of happy people, yeah. maybe a booby or two, you yeah. know, just comes with the territory, but um, pretty excited. Where are you from? 
Uh, Merrickville. Merrickville. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Taiwan. Are you here for the first time for Mardi Gras? Oh yeah, yeah. We came from Melbourne. Yeah. Are you, ex- are you excited? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect to see today? Uh, I don't know the parade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Frank. And what do you think of World Pride? Fantastic. I'm looking forward to the Pride March on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I will be attending it myself. I've never done a Pride Walk before, so I'm looking forward to it. How does this compare to previous Mardi Gras you've been to? Because it's World Pride, it's very special, and it's the first World Pride in Australia in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's a big event, plus it's 45 years of the Sydney Mardi Gras. So it's a huge event. Where are you from? I'm from Japan. What are you expecting to see tonight? I'm actually working for language school. Yeah. Two of our students actually walking yeah. on the street tonight. Oh, you, oh brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, from Japan. Great. I'm from out west of Sydney. Yeah. yeah. What are you hoping to see today? Um, oh, the fantastic parade. One of our friends is in it, so we're going to see him marching along. It's going to be a good time. I think it's going to be massive. I think is this the first year it's back on the yeah, street? Yeah, this is the first year it's back yeah. on the street. Yeah. So I yeah. imagine it's going to be much bigger than it was in the stadium the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably going to be a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Happy Mardi Gras. Thank you. Happy, Happy Mardi Gras. <laughs> Hello, this is Natamis Corey, and you're listening to This Way Out, the weekly LGBTQI plus radio magazine for all our gender and sexually diverse communities around the world and those who love them. So could I get your name? Uh, Matthew Stegg. Okay, what boat are you in? Uh, First Nations float. So could you tell me a little bit about your float? The First Nations float is in my opinion of course the most important float uh, for uh, Mardi Gras. This year I was approached to design a rainbow serpent um, which had never been really done before. I think maybe there was, there has been rainbow serpents done for other parades, but I don't think there's been one in Mardi Gras yet. Could you tell for an international audience what the importance of a rainbow serpent is in Aboriginal culture? I, uh, rainbow serpent is in most countries within Australia, yeah. most uh, nations, and she is the creator-destroyer, so she builds and destroys. She builds the landscape, the river systems, the geography of this country. She also destroys. So, like, it's she's like a there's there's a, there's definitely a thing about her that you can see in a lot of other different cultures as well. I, I think t- it's timely to just remind people of the important discussions that this country is having right now, in terms of you know we can create and move forward, or, you or we can destroy and move back. So in Australia at the moment, we're having a discussion about a voice to parliament yes. for Aboriginal people. Yeah. And we're going to have possibly a vote, a referendum, if that goes through. Yeah. Um, the Aboriginal LGBTQ plus community, how are they involved in that voice to parliament? Well, it's very varied. Like, I don't think that there's actually like a one kind of viewpoint at the moment. I think it's very mixed. I think it's like, you know, there, there's talk... On, with some people uh, in terms of treaty and sovereignty and then of course there's the yes to parliament yes the yes vote which uh, you know is a, maybe a small step but also fraught as well politically yeah are you excited about being here yeah yeah totally as a first nations person yeah absolutely absolutely do you feel that the first nations people are good, a good representation here today 
Um, absolutely. So at the moment I've seen a, f- a few community members, but I'm waiting for uh, uh, all the others to arrive and it's just going to be amazing. Hi. Hi there. What's, what's, your, what's your drag name? Shaniqua Empire. I'm marching in the First Nation float. Are you excited? Of course, it's World Pride. Happy World Pride. Thank you. So could I get your name? Patricia. And could I get the name of your float? Uh, it's called Lesos. So for an international audience, can you explain what Leso is? It's actually reclaiming a name that was used way, way back for those who have attraction, women are having attraction to other women. So it was a slur. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're, as with the word queer, you're trying to reclaim the word back. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. Um, and, and many people acknowledge it as a, a just a, a nickname for lesbian. Can you describe your outfits? Yeah, well, the, the idea was taken up uh, adapting the Lego or Lego... Um, Lego. Uh, Lego, yeah, 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 yeah. And we also want to make it colourful but also appealing to families who have um, are within the LGBTQI so the community. So you're wearing, like, a construction hat? Yes. And you've got a yellow T-shirt on with, um, like, the Lego logo but it says Lezo. Yeah, Lezo. So you've got the sort of funny little hands haven't you? Sort yeah of, I haven't got my hands on at the moment. But, uh, they, they kind of look a lot like Lego uh, they, they do, Lego, Lego people. Yeah, 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 you'll see them, we'll have them all on when we start marching. Yeah, it'll fun. You kind of look like a little Lego man don't you? That's a whole idea. Or a Lego woman. That's a whole idea. Oh, yeah. To make it um, you know fun and also a, a, attractive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the message behind your vote today? I think the message behind is to acknowledge inclusivity and difference in people and to acknowledge that love in any context, if there's commitment, that's a true relationship. And that includes Lesbian, same-sex families same, yeah, as well. Yeah, and all the LTPQI and the diversity and pluralism... And acknowledging more pluralism in our society is actually acknowledging all the very deep layers of what creation and what humanity is. And we've had marriage equality now in Australia for about five years now, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, we yeah. have, yeah. So that's been a great achievement. Long way to go, but... And we've got Penny Wong as our fo- uh, that's right. lesbian as our foreign minister. That's right, yes. And more and more, very beautiful public figures are now modelling for families, not just individuals, now families, that diversity and inclusivity. So there's 80 of us um, and we're one of the last floats, so um, stay tuned for the whole of the parade. Can I get your name? Yeah, Flight Lieutenant Nathan Howarth. And you're with which float? Uh, So we're with the Department of Defence. Why do you feel it's important that the Department of Defence marches in the Mardi Gras? Yeah, well, part of the reason that we're here is that Defence recognises that an effective and strong workforce is a diverse workforce. And so that means that we need to represent all of our community um, across all the minority groups and ensure that we bring the best talent into the Defence Force and the LGBTQ talent that we have, we retain it um, because we're an inclusive workforce to be a part of. What happens when you have a situation where somebody makes a complaint about homophobic 
say, bullying in the Defence Force? How is that tackled? The Department of Defence has a zero-tolerance policy on all types of inappropriate and unacceptable workplace behaviour. So it doesn't matter if it's homophobic or if it's uh, sexist or it's bullying or harassment of any kind, the department does not tolerate that and takes action immediately to ensure that the situation is neutralised and that the parties involved are basically come to, well, the complainant is dealt with appropriately, the person who has been potentially harmed is dealt with appropriately and then everyone's actually looked after. We've actually had 30 years since we uh, repealed the ban on uh, homosexuals being allowed to serve in our service. Mm. 20 years ago, we were actually, we've got a Defence Gay Lesbian Information Service, so an LGBTQ peer-to-peer uh, -peer and peer support network, and we actually repealed even the ban on transgender service um, 14 years ago. Excellent. So we're a very inclusive force that um, basically welcomes the best of the talent pool from across the Australian public. What do you say to some people who object to the Defence Forces marching in the parade? I would just say that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but the Department of Defence believes in creating the most inclusive and diverse workforce that we can, and as we need to represent the community that we're here to protect, and so that means that we need to include LGBTQ people, same as people of colour and other ethnic minority and religious minorities. We need to have a broad spectrum, that is the Australian public, within the Defence Force. You need to show your visibility. Absolutely. Mm. And, and when it comes to like young people coming through and getting recruitment, you can't be what you can't see. So we're here, we're showing not only are we proud and we're welcome to serve, but it's also a place that it doesn't matter if you're an LGBTQIA plus person, there is a place for you to do a job in the Australian Defence Force. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm very here and happy Mardi Gras and let's celebrate World Pride. Happy Mardi Gras to you too. Cheers. Cheers, thank you. Bye. If you're outside of Australia and you have access to an Australian VPN, you'll be able to watch the parade on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's iView platform. That's I-V-I-E-W dot A-B-C dot net for This Way Out in Sydney, Australia, this is Barry Mackay wishing you Happy World Pride 2023. Our coverage of Sydney's World Pride and Mardi Gras events continues as Barry McKay joins the massive march across Harbour Bridge that even Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was proud to attend. This is just a great celebration and it's symbolic of bringing people together. The unity, that's what a bridge does. And over the last 17 days, it has been a great moment of unity and celebrating the diversity uh, in Australian society and also sending a message to the world that we're enriched by Next time on This Way Out. Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Michael LeBeau and Ava Davis and produced by Brian DeShazer. Correspondent Barry McKay brought us coverage of the Mardi Gras World Pride Parade in Sydney. 
Midnight Oil, Inez Fox, and Electric Fields performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This We Out thanks the Richard Rosenberg Foundation and listener donors Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This We Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on 3UGE Alexandria, Victoria, WRWK Midlothian, Virginia, KGNU Boulder, Denver Ward, Colorado, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.